Um, they begin to gather uh, and uh, they create shops and stores and things like that. And all of a sudden, a city develops. And, and there's something there that defined that city. Uh, there are all kinds of uh, reasons for all different cities. But we know here in Shreveport, we have a defining moment. Anyone want to take a guess? What is our defining mo- moment as a city? Log jam. I thought about that one, and uh, yeah, Captain Shreve came through and removed the logs from the Red River. Y'all all know the story, right? Right? Okay. If not, uh, it's a fascinating story, really, but I don't think that's it. I, I think that's important, but I don't think that's it. Anybody else have a guess? Churches. Churches. Okay. How can I compete with that? <laughs> yes. But there is a co-equal defining moment that fits right in and was a spiritual moment of sorts right there. Come on now. Elvis, right? You know the story. The hayride and uh, Elvis has left the building. That, that comes from Shreveport, uh, from the Coliseum. And so uh, this, Hirsch, yeah, th- this is all our, um, did I say, what did I say? Municipal Auditorium. There you go. So all of us uh, talk about Elvis, and wherever you go, wherever you travel, even maybe around the world, someone is going to be able to help you make that connection, right? You're going to talk about, you're going to say, I'm from Shreveport, and they're going to say, oh yeah, that's where Elvis left the building. No, maybe not, but chances are they're not going to say anything about the log jam either. So go with Elvis, and then if that doesn't work, go with church. But we know that this is something we always talk about, we, we continue to talk about, uh, and it was a significant moment, not only for our, our city, but for Elvis as well. It was really kind of a, a launch pad for Elvis in many different ways, and we could go on and on and talk about that. But I want to talk about a defining moment for a city that we just heard about in our gospel text. If you will look back in your Bible, open it up to Luke chapter 13. We're going to look at some verses there. Again, this story, uh, and also Monica alluded to it, the story of the woman who uh, had been uh, crippled by her disease. She was bent over, literally, and you've seen people this way, uh, bent over, and the deformity was such that she couldn't see, she couldn't even really look up. Uh, And something going on with her spine, and and doctors and others have been able to look at this and uh, diagnose it in different ways. This disease still exists, but there is something that can be done about it. And we know that uh, with her, she was undergoing all kinds of uh, problems as a result of this. But there was this defining moment for her, as well as the village that Jesus was in, and the synagogue that he went to. Uh, Something powerful was taking place as Jesus brought his healing power into that community and this whole kingdom of God uh, that he kept talking about over and over again. As he entered into this village, something powerful happened. I love this particular icon. In it, you can see the blind man. He's got his hands up to his eyes. You see another one that has a cane. If I could blow this up even bigger, you could see all these different people that we find in, in this gospel that Jesus healed. And so something very significant was going on with this kingdom of God that that Jesus was bringing into their community. And as we hear this story, we can recognize that today 
whenever we uh, recognize Jesus in our midst and this kingdom of God that comes into our midst, whether it's in our church, in our community, in our personal lives, that it has a great effect upon us, doesn't it? Or shouldn't it? Shouldn't there be some kind of effect that we find here in the Gospels? Well, I believe it does. And I think the, the first thing that we see that's going on here and the one that's represented here in this image is, is the physical aspect. That there is a physical effect that Jesus has on our lives. We have already sung about it this morning in the, the hymns that we were singing. We've heard some scripture about physical, the physical aspects uh, of what God does in our lives. But think about it for, for your own life this morning. What difference does it make in your life, this kingdom of God? How does it uh, intersect with your physical life? We probably have some testimonies, uh, or we could go around and do more, more testimonies of praise um, this morning about how you have experienced the kingdom of God physically. But for this woman, she has a great story, and, uh, and she was able to understand this healing power. I love the way that Luke describes this, and, and we don't find that this woman seeks Jesus out. She doesn't go to him and say, Jesus, please heal me. And even if she did, that wouldn't be a bad thing, would it? But she doesn't do that. She probably has gotten to the point in her life where she has just accepted the fact that she's never going to be able to look up again. She's not going to be able to see the stars in heaven. She's not going to be able to see the sunset. She's not going to be able to see the faces of her family members and the people in her community. All she can see is the ground, and she can walk and, and get to where she needs to go, but she's just looking at the ground. Can you imagine? And so she's probably just resigned to the fact that she's not going to be able to do that. But she goes to synagogue anyway. She goes to worship. But while she is there, Jesus sees her. I love that. He sees her. He's paying attention. He is aware of what is going on around him. And he sees that she has a need. I mean, who didn't? Well, probably a lot of the people there just kind of overlooked it, right? They just thought, oh yeah, that lady that's bent over. Maybe, that, maybe they didn't even know her name. Just that, that lady that's been... Yeah, she comes to synagogue on the Sabbath, and we see her around in the, in the marketplaces and all that. That's what we know her as. We've kind of forgotten what she looks like. We just know that she's the woman that's bent over. Jesus sees her and begins to interact with her. He, he uh, talks to her, and he goes and he puts his hands on her. He heals her, and especially uh, during this time... Uh, the physical touch, and even still today, the physical touch of healing is so powerful, isn't it? And so he places his hands on her and heals her. And she's able to rejoice, and, and we'll look at this later, how she celebrates what has just happened in her body. And that is such a powerful thing, healing her of this disease and this deformity. I have a pulled hamstring, or something is wrong with this. It all goes back to the Firecracker 5K on July the 4th. When I went out there and ran, I think I reported that next Sunday, I had such an incredible time. I mean, my time was so, so incredible. And I felt really good about it. And uh, I didn't feel too good about it several days later when this radiating pain was going down the back of my leg. And, uh, and I thought, well, I'll put some ice on it and it'll get better. And it never got better. About two weeks ago, I finally said, I, I can't even sit down without having this excruciating pain 
Uh, and so Jenny just says, don't sit down. <laughs> um, but I have to sit down. And so I went to, uh, I, I started to, to go to Dr. Google, right? This is what you do, right? You go to WebMD or whatever, and you find out you have all these terrible diseases. I, I found out I had leprosy. And uh, then I thought, no, that, my leg is still on there, so I'm okay. But I, I started to Google through all this stuff, and I, I found all these things you could do, and, and the, the compression and ice and all this stuff, and nothing was getting better. And so I finally I started to look, and I, I looked at my regular doctor, and, and I thought, no, this guy isn't a runner. He doesn't exercise, um, and, and he's not going to understand what I need. And so before I think about paying money to go to him, and he's just going to send me somewhere else. I started to look online to find someone who does what I needed, and, and somebody who, first of all, is an athlete or is a runner or has some understanding of sports injuries, and so I finally found the right one, and I went to see this doctor, and the doctor specializes in, in doing something with hamstrings, and I've been going to see this doctor for several weeks, and I have found great relief. And I remember uh, when he was putting his hands on the part of me that was really hurting, my, my hamstring, and the things that he was able to do with it, and, and uh, the guidance that he was giving me about you know, what to do with it, what not to do with it, I was finding complete relief in all of this, and just that physical aspect. And he says, well, uh, do you really have to sit all day? And I said, yes, I have to sit all day. That's my job, to sit. And he said, well, he said, I'm glad. He said, I get to move around. He said, I love my job because he says, I get to construct. I get to help and I get to put my hands on people. I get to heal and do different things. And we were just talking about the differences of our jobs. And I told him, I don't put my hands on anybody. And, um, and sometimes I'd like to, uh, but not in that kind of way. But anyway, that could be construed in a lot of different ways. Troy, can you just go back five minutes? Actually, go back to before Monica started to speak. Anyway, so the physical aspect of being healed. I wonder today if we are open to allowing that kind of healing power to come into our lives. Do we still believe that Jesus is a healer? Do we still believe in the ability to have our bodies healed? Or do we just think that's nonsense? I went to the doctor because I still believe that Jesus heals, but Jesus heals so many, many times, most of the times, through doctors and through nurses and through medicines and all of that. I believe in all of that, but I believe in prayer, and I believe in allowing Jesus to, to heal our bodies in a way that only Jesus can do. Are you open to that? And are we as Christians, are we as the church, uh, open to... Uh, getting people in touch with the healing power of Jesus. That's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God not only relates to uh, spiritual things, but to physical things or to holistic things. And when we bring our bodies uh, to, to Jesus, when we allow Jesus to touch us and to heal us, we experience the effect of the kingdom of God in our lives. But it's not just physically, it's socially. I love what Jesus does here as he relates to this woman. Just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years, and uh, she was quite unable to stand up straight. And so Jesus uh, is able to heal her in that way. But also he does this uh, socially. 
And you kind of see some things going on back here, the way people are leaning, uh, leaning away from the woman. And you may, you may see some people back here on the back part who seem to be concerned about her. Maybe some family members, maybe some people in her spiritual community, her Saturday, uh, not her Sunday school class, her Saturday class, uh, people who care about her. Uh, and she has, has really been ostracized in many different ways. Some of the people that have uh, isolated her are the religious leaders. Uh, Monica called them the, the homeboy, uh, homeboys in the uh, synagogue. But when Jesus heals this woman on the Sabbath, they throw a fit. One leader in particular, the, the, the synagogue leader, throws an absolute fit, saying, you can't do this on the Sabbath. And if you want to get healed on the Sabbath, don't come. Don't come here on the Sabbath. Come, come on Monday, okay? Come Sunday, come Monday, come any other day of the week. Do not come on the Sabbath because we don't do healings on that day. And so Jesus points out the hypocrisy. Once again, he calls people hypocrites. And he gets it right. He says, how dare you say this? When we have this provision, I mean, even animals, you will, you will untie an animal and take an animal to get a drink of water, but you won't untie this woman from what has bound her for 18 years. You have kept her in isolation. You've kept her bound up. So Jesus is just getting really angry about all the religious clutter that is keeping this woman from being who she needs to be. And really, I think he's speaking to Israel at large, saying that you religious hypocrites uh, within, the, within this group, you are keeping this nation from experiencing the freedom that God wants it to experience. You've bound it up with all of these things that really don't matter to God. And so what Jesus is saying to her is be, be freed from all of that. Go back to your home. Go back to your relationships. Get out of the isolation that has kept you there. It reminds me of when I was in middle school. You know, the cafeteria is, is always the worst time of middle school, especially on the first day. I thought about that this past week or a couple of weeks ago with school starting back. If you're new at a middle school and you walk into the cafeteria, what do you, what's going on there? Think about it. It's, it's horrendous, right? You walk in, you don't know where to sit. There are people who are over here at this table. Uh, and, and when I was growing up, you had the nerds. Um, you had the socials. The socials uh, were the, the uh, elitist, right? They were the ones who had the nice clothes. Uh, and they had the capa shoes on and the polo shirts. And uh, usually the shirts were pulled up like this. And uh, no one else grew up with me, I guess. No one else. You had the ag group, the guys that had the boots on and the cowboy hats and uh, the snap, pearl snap shirts. You had the, uh, the uh, we didn't have goths, but the equivalent was um, people, uh, the stoner. Okay, the stoners had all kinds. I'm not going to tell you which one of those groups I was in. But whenever you walked into the cafeteria, you'd see people who were divided out those different ways, right? And you never knew where to sit if you were new or if you'd just been ostracized from, from the ag group and, and you didn't fit in with the stoner group or you didn't fit in with the socials. You really didn't know where to fit. But what was always awesome is when the leader of whoever was in one of those groups said, and they didn't ever say this to me, but if they ever said it, 
they would say, look, why don't you come over here and sit down? Uh, I remember there was uh, one guy who always had pants like this, and apparently now that's in style, right? The skinny jeans that are too tight, and they're way up here, like capri pants or whatever. And I remember there was, there was always one of those guys in my middle school, and, uh, and they always just you know, were shunned by every group. But just think about how cool it is when, when the leader of a table says, come on over and sit down at our table. I'm going to make a spot for you. And, and you come and bring your lunch and sit down with us because we'd love to have you in our group. That just really never happens, does it? But when it does happen, what an amazing thing for that person to move from isolation to being socially engaged and, and put back into a group and to be a part of community. That's what Jesus did with this woman. He, he brings her out of isolation and restores her to community to where she can understand and, and, and be able to be understood and to find her place. And Jesus does that. And that's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God brings people out of isolation, doesn't it? So many people in the church or in, in the world today have been shunned by the church, have been put aside and said, you don't belong here. And Monica touched on that just in talking about the way that we dress in churches uh, and, and the way that, that we behave within churches. You know, there's a special language we speak in churches. There's a certain lingo in some churches that you have to speak. There's a certain way you have to look. Uh, and if you don't look that way or speak that language, then you stand out and you don't fit in at all. And what, what's going on in churches and, 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 and different groups, religious groups these days, is breaking down some of those barriers, saying, we want you to fit in here. We want you to find your place here at this table. We want you to feel a sense of community when you come into this place. And that's what the kingdom of God does. It doesn't exclude, it includes we talk about that all the time here in the church. Whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or a Libertarian or whatever you happen to be, whether you're gay or straight, whether you are uh, black or white or Latino, whatever you happen to be, we want everybody to feel a place here and to find their place here and to recognize that we are called to be a community that represents the kingdom of God. So that's one effect, but another effect is spiritually. The kingdom of God affects us spiritually, doesn't it? This, this woman, uh, she, she would continue to go to synagogue, but we know for 18 years she has been sick like this. She has been unable to fully look up, to be able to see what's going on in, in the synagogue, to be able to, uh, to relate to what, what else is going on in that time of worship like other people could. And you just kind of wonder what was going on in her mind. Maybe she paid attention more. Maybe she was able to hear more because she couldn't see as much as she needed to see. But Jesus frees her up and enables her to worship in a way where she can truly experience the fullness of what God had for her. There were so many religious constraints that kept her from worshiping as she needed to. I saw this, uh, just there's been so much that has been going on about plastics in, in our world and microplastics and, and the oceans and all kinds of terrible things. When, when we just use plastic once and, and toss it aside, where do you think it goes? 
It, it goes to probably this great island that's floating around, an island of plastic that's out there in the ocean, uh, and it's going to somewhere where it's doing a lot of harm. You can see some of that right here. Take a look at this. Isn't that great? It's sad. It's sad to think that something so beautiful, something intended to swim around and, and be able to go wherever it wanted to go in the ocean was bound by a plastic bag that somebody probably used one time for a sandwich or whatever and threw it out, never thinking of what would ever happen to that bag. And you see that fish that was bound by that bag. And then you almost see the thankfulness uh, that's demonstrated by the fish, right? You've seen this probably with some of the videos of dolphins that have been um, uh, hampered by a little plastic bag or whatever else and, and how thankful they, they, you know, they'll jump in the water and move around. And uh, when I saw that I, this past week, I thought about this lady that was bound up and she was unable to, to live as God created her to live. And she was unable to, to move about freely and to, to be able to enjoy the beauty of what God had created for her. And when Jesus came along, He freed her from that. He, he took the constraints off of her, and she was able to, to praise God. And one of the things that we find here is that when He laid His hands on her immediately, she stood up straight and began praising God. Wouldn't you have loved to have been there when she stood up straight and she was able to praise God? And, and just going from looking down 18 years to looking up and seeing all of what God wanted her to see. And I think that is exactly what God intends for us to see today. Is that that kind of thing can happen for us spiritually. The kingdom of God affects us spiritually. Frees us from religious constraints. Shames the things that isolate or the people that isolate us. And, and enables us to be who God has really created us to be. Well, we still talk about Elvis here. That's still a defining moment for us. And I wonder if we still talk about Jesus as the defining moment and the defining person of our lives. The one who comes to free us and changes us forever. May it be so as we go into this next week as we allow the kingdom of God and Jesus to come into our lives and to come into our our workplaces and our schools or wherever else we happen to go, that we would truly experience what God has for us. Let's pray.